0: Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve. And there's this quote by nonetheless Captain Jack Sparrow that I really, really love. We can read it right now. It says, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. And this quote is like gospel to me. Like this quote is something that I read when anytime I'm throwing a little fit, like, why did they get a new car? My car's check engine light just came on. Meh. Right. So I always check myself with this quote because it's like the problem is really not the problem. The problem is the attitude you have about the problem. Because God is a big enough God to turn my check engine light off. God is a big enough God to give me the money to fix the check engine light. God is a big enough God to do any of that, but I'm like, why don't I have a 350Z? Man, right? And so the problem is not that I don't have a car to go to work. The problem is not that I can't buy groceries for my family. The problem is not anything other than my attitude about my problem. And that's a choice. Oftentimes, we can sit and sulk about our problems when we aren't choosing or when we aren't choosing to take action, we're being stagnant. Now, most of you guys know I'm a writer, right? I enjoy writing, I love writing, it's, it's peace for me. So I looked up a synonym for the word stagnant, okay? Somebody guess what word came up. Writer, no. <laughs> stagnant, idle, I heard somebody say idle, that's good. Anybody else? Stagnant, Johnny. No. Not a type of rock. All right, one of, idle is a, is a word that comes up, but another word that comes up to stagnant that will come up is death. Whoa, that went deep quick, huh? Were you going to say that? That's close. You almost got candy. <laughs> um, so stagnant's definition is to do nothing. Like, that's what the word stagnant means. If you see, like, they were stagnant, it means they did nothing. So to do nothing is death, right? So it doesn't matter, like, if an animal is stagnant, that animal is going to die. Name the animal. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if it's predator or prey. Because if it's predator and it's stagnant, it's not hunting. And if it's prey and it's stagnant, it's being hunted. So rather you're predator or prey, if you're idle, you're dead, If you do nothing, you're dead. It's lost. You're gone. Stop fighting the fight, right? So today I chose the title, Get Out of the Boat, because that was the choice Peter made. And many people, when they preach on this, they preach about the faith, right? Like, oh my God, Peter walked on water just like God. And I think, or Jesus, and I think that's a good point. I think that's a valid thing that we have to collect. But I think the bigger thing that we have to focus on, at least today in this in this chapel, what we're going to pay attention to is the fact that he made a choice. Because Peter could have stood there like every other disciple, and I don't know, they didn't even call Ghostbusters. Like, the first thing you're supposed to do when you see a ghost, is like, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, right? But he didn't even do that. Like, they were just like, is that a ghost? He's like, "No, oh, it's Jesus. And everyone's like, cap. And Peter's like, yo, if it's really you, call me out there then. Peter was like, no cap, right? <laughs> Say less, right? So um, Peter made a choice. Peter did some... Stop laughing at me, Reggie. I'm about to turn down now. <laughs> so Peter wasn't okay with just sitting there and doing nothing. We, have a, we used to have a ministry here on campus called Men of Action, right? Or am I making that up? I don't know. Sounds familiar to me. <laughs> Men of Action. <laughs> Somewhere, at some time, some ministry that I know of was called Men of Action, okay? And... Um, that's because it was men who were doing things, right? And Peter was a man who did things. Peter wasn't one of those men that just stood there and was like, yo, this is scary. Because he could have panicked like everyone else did and just stood there and stared off at the, at the distance and waited for this ghost to come up on their boat, suck their lives out, and move on with their life. But Peter was like, I'm pretty sure it's not a ghost, right? So he did something about it. In our lives, we have to learn that. In our lives, we have to stop being okay with just doing nothing all the time. How many times I ask a kid, what do they want to be when they grow up? And they say, I don't know. That was was last week with like five people saying, I don't know can you come back to me. Yeah, and then when I came back, there was no answer. We have to stop being okay with just like, um, you know, everyone around me is the problem. I'm not. Like... I don't do bad things because I don't do nothing. Just the people around me do bad things. And I happen to get caught up in it. I didn't do nothing. My teacher is just setting me up. I didn't do nothing. Nothing. Here's a real quick example. Let's have truth time. Anybody that's been in the youth group knows I'm all about truth. So if you see me raise my hand, it's not an example of me, like, saying, raise your hand. This is me saying, I'm with you. I'm, I'm here, too. How many of you have ever, one time in your life, felt depressed? No shame. There's no shame in it. It's okay. Now, this one, keep your hands up. All right, now, put your hands down. Simon didn't say, y'all lose. Y'all lose. Oh, Riley wins. Okay. How many of you have listened to NF while you were feeling depressed? relatable. He's a Christian rapper. So don't get me wrong. All right. I love NF. I think NF is a dope rapper. um, But too much of his music, when I'm already in a bad mood, just keeps me in a bad mood. Like it puts me in a bad mood. To this extreme, that if somebody pisses me off and I don't want to get over it, I will on purposely put on NF and put it in my ears so I could stay in the place of pissed offness. Because I know that it has that effect on me. It's a choice I'm making to stay in offense. It's a choice I'm making to stay upset. It's a choice that I'm making to stay depressed. Now, I love NF and I think his music is so sick and I really think that there's a calling for his music to bridge a gap of people who think that Christian rap sucks and people who are like only gonna listen to Christian rap and then he's somewhere in the middle and bridges this gap and he does an awesome job at it. But for me, too much of his music keeps me down, doesn't lift me up. I work at a school here So I hear a lot of things, right? Being a teacher, I get to hear a lot of stuff. It's pretty awesome. I hear a lot of kids that complain about their grades. Raise your hand if you complain about your grades. I hear a lot of kids that blame their teachers for their grades. Raise your hand if you blame your teacher for your grades. I hear a lot of kids that blame their parents for their grades. Oh, they didn't remind me to turn that in. They didn't tell me to do homework. Oh, I have so much chores. My mom didn't tell me to do my homework. (laughs) That's to Alyssa, because her mom is no longer with us, RIP. All right. (laughs) But what it comes down to is that you'll blame everybody else, but choices were made. Did you choose to participate in class, or did you choose to be a distraction? Did you choose to work hard, or did you choose to be lazy? Did you choose to turn in the work, or did you choose just not to do it? So a choice was made. So at the end of the day, we can't sit here and go, i got going to F because my teacher hates me. No, you got an F because you didn't do nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's okay. We're learning stuff. That's all right. Hey, sometimes I get really, really, really hype when I'm preaching and sometimes God puts it on me to teach. You know, right now we got to learn some stuff. So you always have a choice. No matter what, you have a choice. Don't ever let the people that you surround yourself with make you think that there's no choice. There's always a choice in everything that you do. you have a choice to surround yourself with those people? You have a choice not to surround yourself with those people. You have a choice to succumb to temptation and peer pressure? You have a choice not to. And you can never say, I didn't know that they were going to get hit with the football. They just told me if I threw it at them, they would be funny. Well, that's not Bob's fault for telling you to throw the football. It's your fault for choosing to throw the football. Understand, you can always do something, and to do something is a choice, but which way you choose is where it comes into your relationship with God. Now, any parent will tell their kids the same thing that pastors tell them, and that is when you're making a choice, you should probably pray about it and be patient And wait for God to answer. And I say that is mostly true. I am sorry, but if I am hungry, I am not going to pray to God and ask him if I should get the chicken nuggets or the cheeseburger. I'm just going to choose the chicken nuggets or the cheeseburger. Okay, but in serious, serious times, in times of sorrow, in times of question, in times of doubt, in times where you don't understand what's going to happen. You don't know where the future is. You don't know what's behind that next corner. Yeah, you should be patient. You should pray to God. You should let him guide your choices. You always have a choice. So let's talk about the choice of the people we surround ourselves with for one second. Now, I already know what you guys are thinking. Kyle's going to say we should surround ourselves with other Christians. Kyle's going to say we should have no fun. Kyle's going to say we shouldn't go to parties. And Kyle's going to say we should... No, you have no idea what I'm about to say. Because I think Peter was surrounded by some good people. Could you raise your hand if you think Peter was surrounded by some good people? Who was in the boat with Peter? Um, Who, Reggie? The other disciples, disciples, right? So we would call them godly men, no? Yes, maybe? Godly men, right? So Peter was in the boat with some other good people. And I would say Peter was in the boat with the same kind of people Jesus liked to surround himself with, right? So Jesus' people. But in a moment of anxiety or a moment of scaredness of fear of depression these good people still didn't make a choice they still had a lapse of judgment who here plays call of duty or Fortnite or something any any game cod halo whatever if you come around the corner and you see an enemy and they see you and you don't choose the pull right trigger what's going to happen you're going to die why because they chose to pull right trigger, right? So all the other disciples in the boat, and only one of them made a choice. Now, Peter was surrounded by some pretty good people, but they still chose to be stagnant. So yeah, who you surround yourself with matters, because you can surround yourself with good people who still make bad choices. You can surround yourself with good people who are okay with being stagnant. You can surround yourself with people who don't build you up, even if they are good people. Oftentimes as parents, we'll remind our children about the company they keep and remind them to be worried about who's weary about who's influencing them. Right? Miss Tracy, have you ever told Isaac to be careful who influences him? Yeah. Reggie, have you ever told your kids be careful about who influences them? Oh, Miss Kimmy, have you ever? Yeah. Miss Cora, have you ever told your kids? Yeah. Miss Christie, have you ever told your kids that? Amaryllis, give me a thumbs up if you ever told your kids that. So every parent I asked, Chelsea, have you ever told your kids that? Yeah. See, every parent I asked has agreed. Be careful who influences you. As parents, we'll say that a lot. But I want to take that a step further because sometimes we can get lost about the company that's around us, right? Sometimes we can praise them too much or build them down to am i that boring you got a young on me big dog no, right. <laughs> uh, nah hey you know what high key no lie no cap i texted reggie today was like hey fam you're gonna be there tonight right he's like you want me to be i was like i need you to be Reggie. he's my guy <laughs> reggie's my guy all right <laughs> so back to what i was saying oftentimes as parents we could sit here and say Oh, be careful who influences you. But be careful how you influence yourself. Don't even be careful about who you influence. Be careful how you influence yourself. What choices do you allow yourself to make when it's just you and God? What choices do you allow yourself to make when nobody's watching? What choices do you allow yourself to make? Because nobody can tell you what to do but you. That's a newsflash. Your parents can stand up here and tell you all kinds of things. You still choose to listen to it or not. And deal with the consequences. But you could tell you what to do. You could tell you, no, I'm not going to watch this TikTok. No, I'm not going to respond to that Snapchat. No, I'm not going to get involved in that. I know how toxic gamers can be. I get some messages sometimes when they're like, hey, you're cheating. You got aimbot. I'm like, bro, chill. Jesus loves you. Right? So (laughs) you choose how you influence you. (laughs) and that's the key right there. Are your choices and actions helping you get to where you want to be, or they're stopping you from achieving your dreams and goals? Because we could sit here as 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12-year-olds, and I could go from every place, Riley, me right here, me and you, buddy. I could go from every kid and say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I guarantee you at least one person would probably say, I want to play in the NBA, or MLB, or NFL, or something along those lines. Some way out there dream, right? I was that one kid in youth group. I'm going to play in the NFL. Got kicked off of every team because I had an attitude, or didn't make grades. So if you want to play in the NBA, but you're not outside at 5 o'clock in the morning practicing your jump shot, and when you go to McDonald's, you're eating a cheeseburger and some chicken nuggets and then drinking a two liter of Dr. Pepper. You're making a choice to prevent you from doing what you want to do or become. If you want to play in the NBA and you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning and you're shooting jump shots and you're practicing on your dribble and you're getting 100 push-ups and sit-ups in before school starts and then you're getting straight A's because you know colleges look at GPA before they look at points per game, right? Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah, GPA before they look at PPG. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, that was so good. I got myself stuck on that one. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because you're choosing to partic- participate in actions that are counterproductive to where your dream is. If you want to go to UCLA but you're getting straight D's, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you're not going to UCLA. You're probably not going to be a nurse or a doctor because you have to choose to get those grades. You have to choose to be different. You have to choose to be set apart from what every other kid who wants to go to UCLA is. See, the closer you are to God, the more connected you are with him, the easier these choices become. If you look at Isaiah 30, 21, and again, this is ESV, they're gonna show you NLT. It says this, and your ears shall hear the word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn right or left. It doesn't say when you follow God's path. It doesn't say when you obey. It doesn't say when you do what you're told to do. It doesn't say when anything. It just says if you go right or left, your ears we'll hear God saying, yeah, go that way. But if we're not close to God, if we don't know God, oftentimes we could come up to this fork in the road and be like, yo, that job makes a lot of money. But there's no ministry opportunity there. So you're going to take that job. You're going to go to that place where you can make all the money. But you're going to feel very empty inside. Your bank account is going to be full, but your heart and your soul are not. Or you can go where God wants you to go, and you'll find happiness, and you'll find favor, and you'll find peace, and you'll find joy, and you'll find all his blessings and promises. I promise you guys, this is crazy because it's the sermon I've been working on for Blaze 2.0. I've actually been working on like three, four. Oh, by the way, if you came to Ablaze in September, we're doing it again. Um, I've actually been working on like three or four sermons for Ablaze 2.0, and then like every single time I get a chance to preach, I just like preach one, one of them so that I have to work on another sermon. It's pretty awesome. And so one of the sermons I'm working on for Blaze 2.0 is the promises he keeps, right? And it's just going through the Bible and finding all of his promises because we all sing that song, You're way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Right. So that... <laughs> So that part right there where it says promise keeper, our God is not a God that lies, right? So if he makes a promise, he's going to come through. I've had so many friends break promises to me, more than I could count. But God ain't never did it, right? And God promises so many things to us in the Bible. He promises healing. He promises prosperity. He promises joy. He promises friendships. He promises so many things in the Bible. And you don't know those things and you can't operate in those things in your life until you discover them. Because you can't be held accountable for a promise that you don't know. I could go to Sharissa and say, hey, I promise you that we're gonna give Alyssa $100. But Alyssa never heard me say that is that a promise that she can hold me accountable to? Because she doesn't know. She can't come up to me and put me on spot and say, hey, you promised me $100, sucker. Right? I didn't promise it to you, so I don't know what you're saying, right? So understand that when you unlock God's promises, when you go through the Bible and you get closer to his, or a relationship with him, the decisions you make will become guided by him. So right now, before we close, I just want to ask you guys this. What's keeping you in a boat right now? Is your boat depression? Is your boat temptation? Is your boat uh, to participate in things you shouldn't? Is your boat bad influences in your life? Is your boat lack of friends? Is your boat a bad relationship with your parents? Is your boat a lack of educational success? What is your boat right now? What is keeping you stuck in the middle of the ocean? Think about that for a second. You got to choose at some point to stop being stagnant about everything your situation is and choose to get out of that boat. Because you could be in depression, but until that moment you decide to stop doing the things that keep you in depression, you're stuck in it. You can be an angry person, but until you decide to get out of that boat and forgive people, you're always going to be an angry person. I'll share a quick little testimony with you guys before I close. This is really personal, so it's not something I share with people all the time. But I have two dads. I have a birth father, and then I have another man who married my mom um, after her and my birth father separated. And the other, the, the, birth father, or the other dad, the dad that married my mom separately, that's like my dad. That's my real dad. Okay, The birth father, really nothing in my life. And I held on to a lot of anger and hurt and pain and just a bunch of torment, just a bunch of different stuff for a lot of years. And there's about three years ago when we first started coming to DP City Church, and Rex Crane actually pulled me out and prayed over me, and and he was like, yeah, your ministry in three years is going to take off, but you're holding on to bondage, and nothing's going to happen until you let go of that bondage, and I was like over my head, like, I ain't holding on to no bondage. If you've known me as a kid, I've always been generally pretty carefree, whatever, just like crazy kid who'll do anything and have a good time and loves to be a goofball so i was like calling cap on what rex Crane was saying like i ain't i know there ain't no bondage here i don't care it that's in the past whatever and i was spending some time with god me and him were driving and um or me and him i was driving and god was riding passenger seat how many of you know it's illegal to drink and drive in the spirit <laughs> get it in the spirit yeah um anyway so i was driving with god and I, and i just got this like notion to uh Text my birth father. I didn't have his number in my phone. Like, I didn't. I don't I even know where he lived. Nothing. And I was like, I should text him and just let him know I forgive him. And, and not say anything else. Just let him know I forgive him. To forgive is not to let back in. To forgive is not to open up the door to be hurt again. To forgive is not all of that. He's not my daddy. He's not anything to me. My, my grandkid, or My kids don't know him but there's honestly no resentment there anymore to the point where I, I used to not even bring him up. Like I used to act like he just didn't exist. Like he was an imaginary figure in my life. Now I'll have these conversations because I'm healed. There's scars, but scars are proof of healing. If there's no scar, then it's still an open wound. So don't be ashamed of your scars, be proud of your scars because that means you healed. You moved on from something. If you're ready to get out of your boat, choose today to get out of your boat. I just want to thank you guys for coming. It was an awesome sermon. Thank you guys for sitting and enjoying it, especially those with Adaha, Johnny, and Connor, and me. I'm going crazy over here. So I'm just going to close in prayer. If you have a prayer request, Feel free to see one of our leaders. You could go up to my beautiful wife Miss Sharisa, you could go up to Miss Tracy, you could go up to Reggie, you could go up to Tyler, you could go up to Miss Daisy. If you have a prayer request, go ahead and see one of our our leaders, Amorellis, Ryan, Chelsea. And if not, you guys have a great night. I think there's enough ice cream. You guys could probably get some more ice cream before you go home. So we're just going to pray. Thank you Jesus for bringing us here together. Father God, we just appreciate everything you're doing, Father God, and we just ask that you touch us, Father God, and help us identify the boats in our life and help us break through those boats, Father God, and we just want to jump out of our boats, Father God, and we don't want to be stuck in the middle of the ocean anymore. We want to be able to move forward and with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you. And we believe God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.